Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. It is 410, 66 degrees, and now saying mostly cloudy here at the station in Pittston. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, on the morning of Thursday, October 12th, in 2000, the USS Cole, under the command of Commander Kirk Leopold, docked in Aden Harbor for a routine fuel stop. Cole completed mooring at 9.30 and began refueling at 10.30. Around 11.18 local time, a small fiberglass boat carrying C-4 explosives and two suicide bombers approached the port side of the destroyer and exploded creating a 40-by-60-foot gash in the ship's port side. According to the memorial plate to those who lost their lives, former CIA intelligence officer Robert Fick said the blast appeared to be caused by C-4 explosives molded into a shape charge against the hull of the boat. More than 1,000 pounds of explosives were used. Much of the blast entered mechanical space below the ship's galley, violently pushing up the deck, thereby killing crew members who were lining up for lunch. The crew fought flooding in the engineering space and had the damage under control after three days. Divers inspected the hull and determined that the keel had not been damaged. Sailors injured in the explosion were taken to the United States Army Regional Medical Center in Ramstein, Germany, before being sent back to the United States. 17 U.S. sailors were killed that day. 37 were injured. The 17 sailors, and again, if you follow me on social media on Facebook, I have this post with their names and each one of their pictures on my Facebook post. The names of the 17 are Lieutenant Junior Grade Andrew Triplett, ETC Richard Costello, EW1 Kevin Rux. HT2 Kenneth Clodfelter, EN2 Mark Nieto, EW2 Ronald Owens, OS2 Timothy Saunders, MS3 Ronchester Santiago, MSSN Lakina Francis, ISSN Timothy Ghana, SMSN Chiron Gunn. ISSN, James McDaniels. SN, Lakiva Palmer. ENFN, Joshua Parlett. FN, Patrick Roy. FN, Gary Swenchenis Jr. And SN, Greg Wiberly. Those are the 17 sailors that uh, sacrificed their life that day serving our nation, us. And again, 37 were injured. Their pictures are uh, on my Facebook page, so you can see their faces. You could see who they are. Thankfully, uh, you know, through my contacts, I was put in contact with Commander Kurt Leopold, the commanding officer of the ship that day, and have gained just in the exchange of text message. And again, he'll be a guest on the show either tomorrow or next week. 
and uh, you'll see why in a minute. But in ga gained immense respect for this man and his leadership and the leader he is today. Now, both my children, my son and my daughter who attended the Naval Academy, one's there now, have both heard him speak, and he made a lasting impression on them. You know, when they contacted me after hearing him speak, they said, oh, we, we, we heard from the commanding officer of the USS Cole. It was, a, you know, such an inspiring speech that he gave. Really, really put a, um, really embedded uh, a memory into there to this day. So, I, I, again, I, I, I touched base with uh, Kurt Leopold, the commanding officer of the USS Cole. And uh, he reached back out to me and he said, Rob, thank you for the opportunity to be on your show, but I do not do interviews on the 12th of October. I am leaving shortly for Arlington National Cemetery to visit my sailors who were buried on the hollowed ground. Maybe another day. Thank you for your understanding. And uh, no doubt. 23 years later, he's going to Arlington National Cemetery to honor the sailors that were with him and under him that day. And I immensely respect that. And, and my, my response to him was totally understanding in hindsight, probably a bad ask on this day on my part. Your day's schedule tells me everything about your leadership and would love to have you on at any point. And I explained to him that both my children have seen him speak and that he has no doubt made an impression on them. And he responded back on his way to Arlington National Cemetery. Thank you. I'd be honored to be on and touched that both your children heard me. Let's look at tomorrow, next week, and gave me his contact information. That's a leader. That is someone I pray to God is in charge of my children down the road. 23 years later, and again, if you've ever heard him speak, there's plenty of his speeches on, on social media, on the internet. You can just search his name, Commander Kirk Leopold. K-I-R-K-L-I-P-P-O-L-D. 23 years later, never forgetting the men and women who served with him to save that ship. Like I said, they fought gallantly, and it was probably the most extensive and successful damage control in our lifetime, no doubt, my lifetime, possibly in the United States history, to save that ship and end up sailing it back to uh, be repaired. And it is still one of our active duty ships to this day. We learned nothing from October 12th, 2000, when they attacked the USS Cole. Just like we learned nothing in 1993 when they attacked the World Trade Center the first time. We learned nothing on September 11th, 2001. We learned nothing in Benghazi. We learned nothing in the withdrawal of Afghanistan. And we're learning nothing now from what's going on in Israel. You have the former leader of Hamas threatening the world, especially the U.S., especially America and Americans, to take out jihad on us. After everything that's happened in response to their attack on Saturday in Israel, to the devastating response that Israel is bringing them, to us moving a carrier strike group, two of them, another en route tomorrow, to the area. 
it's just uh, amazing that we haven't taken any efforts to secure our border. Thankfully, police departments around our nation are heightened securing security. We're going to talk about that a little bit when we come back after the break. Specifically, what the NYPD is doing. I know what the LAP is doing. I know what major police departments around the nation are doing. But I, I just saw a, a, an article written by former police commissioner Bill Bratton, who I worked with for many years, both in the transit police and the NYPD, was the police commissioner in Boston, New York, L.A. He knows what he's talking about. He says cities need to do more to secure their cities. And I reposted his article, and I said, our nation needs to do more immediately. Look at the protests around the nation. Look at what's going on in our college campuses. There are people who hate America, who hate what we stand for here among us. They're here. It doesn't take a coordinated effort. It doesn't take a coordinated group. It takes a lone wolf. It takes someone with that much hate and anger to not care what they do. Look at what they've done when they made their incursion into Israel from the Gaza Strip. Women, children. And you've seen the back and forth where you've had reporters and members of the Israeli military say, we've seen decapitated babies. We've seen the murdered children. We've seen the burned bodies. And then you have the other side saying, well, you haven't, sh you haven't proved it. You haven't showed us anything. And then the reporters and the soldiers saying, we saw it with our own eyes. Well, then prove it from the other side. And now they're showing some of the pictures today of the murdered babies, of the burnt babies, of the bodies. And the response then is, well, look what you're doing to the other side. Disregard their original article. You know, they just move on to justify. Is there a justification? I said this yesterday. Please tell me what a proportional response is to someone who did what they did. And make no mistake, regardless of how trained, regardless of what experts the Israeli military is, and, and I saw a Navy SEAL commander say this today, if they go door-to-door, -door, uh, most of the Israeli military are reserves that have served in the military. They're very advanced trained. They're very good at what they do, but they are reserves. Once you go door-to-door -door in the most populous place in the world, the most dense place in the world, I shouldn't say populous, the most dense populated place in the world, all you need is someone with a machine gun on the other side of that door and people are going to die. And that's what, what's about to happen here. This is going to get uglier, regardless of how you send in, and which is why you see them totally leveling areas of the Gaza Strip. You are telling, they are telling the civilians there to get out. We've shut the water and power off and food. There's no reason for you to stay here. But yet the Hamas government that's there is tell, are telling them to stay in place. Don't leave. And you have Egypt refusing to let them in. We learn nothing. And hopefully we don't learn again soon here. It's 421 here at WILK.
It's time for traffic and weather. Thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. We have a slowdown on 81 southbound through construction from Benton Scott through to Word Clark Summit. That's the road. That's an ongoing thing that's been a hassle for quite a while. We also have some jammed up traffic on Hillside Road in the Trucksville area, and you can expect some delays on the Casey Highway Route 6 East. You are dipping below the speed limit coming northbound on 81 in the Scranton area as well. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570. 570- 883-7269 Nikki Stone WILK Traffic Thank you Nikki Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron This afternoon partly sunny high upper 60s Tonight partly cloudy and cold low 43 Friday mix of sun and clouds high 62 Saturday cloudy and cooler with rain showers high 50 Saturday morning rain tapering off in the afternoon high 55 It's currently 66 degrees and mostly cloudy here at 422 at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 426, 66 degrees and mostly cloudy on this Thursday, October 12th, 2023. Well, talking about what's going on here and that um, what is it going to take for us to learn a lesson as far as, uh, you know, us thinking we're untouchable here at home. The NYPD has ordered all police officers to report in uniform starting Friday in anticipation. I can't do it. Uh, In anticipation for potential unrest, stemming from a call by the former leader of Hamas to stage global, global demonstrations to support in support of Palestinians. All uniform members of the service in every rank will perform duty in uniform of the day and be uh, uniform of the day and be prepared for deployment, read a Wednesday night memo sent to all NYPD members. Cops will not be granted excusals or shift changes, and the order will remain in effect until further notice. This directive was issued after Khalid Michel who served as the chief of Hamas from 2004 to 2017, called on the Islamic world to stage protests on Friday. The NYPD is also beefing up security at all of its 77th precincts, assigning additional cops to monitor entryways and parking areas at station houses, according to the internal memo, as far as all transportation areas, all bridges and tunnels. Additionally, the department activated its Joint Operations Center at its Manhattan headquarters to anticipate possible mayhem. Multiple agencies, including the Sanitation Department, the Triborough Bridge and Tunnel Authority, the Fire Department, will be required to alert the JOC as soon as they become aware of any incidents related to this event from Thursday through Sunday, the memo states. Sanitation will also be pre-placing Sand trucks, which is basically dump trucks filled with sand in specific areas, and they will be placing barriers. There is no specific threat at this time. I've talked to my contacts in the NYPD and their intelligence division, but this threat is not to go without preparation as well. When you have the former leader of Hamas calling for world jihad and to protest this Friday everywhere and anywhere 
it's to be taken seriously. And again, it does not take a coordinated effort. It does not take anything in the plans. We've talked about earlier this week that the numbers of people who have come to this country from nations of concern, that's what our government says it. And I'll see if I could pull it up real quick here. Yeah, I have it right here. These are special interest alien apprehensions. These are apprehensions. These are people we've actually caught. A lot of them were caught, identified, and released into the nation unless they had something on them specifically, unless they were on a watch list just because they came from a nation. They still get an asylum number. They still get a date, and they're released into the nation. But all of these countries are known to support terrorism and are special interest nations of concern to America. Afghanistan, 6,000. 386. Now, again, these aren't the Afghans that we've brought here. These aren't the ones that had visas or had passes to come here because they assisted us in our war in Afghanistan. These are people who came here beyond that. 6,386 from Afghanistan, 3,153 from Egypt, 659 people from Iran, 123 from Iraq, 185 from Jordan, 164 from Lebanon, Lebanon is where Hezbollah is based. 15,594 from Muratina. 1,613 from Pakistan. 538 from Syria. Again, where the Syrian rebels, backed by Iran, also attack American interests. 30,830 from Turkey. These are apprehensions. 30,830 from Turkey. 13,624 from Uzbekistan, and 139 from Yemen. These are apprehensions. A lot, the majority of them, released with an with a asylum date. Think about who we didn't catch. Think about who was smart enough to not get caught. The ones with the resources, the backing to avoid our almost non-existent border patrol because they're busy processing people. We need to take these seriously, and it appears the NYPD is. They do not do this often where they cancel days off, cancel vacations, put everyone in uniform, and essentially doubling the police force. That's all detectives, all narcotics people, all internal affairs, all gang unit, everyone in uniform. Doubling the size of the police department, again, no days off, until further notice. Again, no specific threats, but... If you are planning to go to a major city this weekend, if you can avoid it, you do. We have to live our lives as Americans, but make sure you're aware of your surroundings at all times. It's 4.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 4.38 here, 66 degrees and partly sunny. It's the point in the show where we honor our heroes across America here at home where we may, may, who made the ultimate sacrifice. 81 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, one of which from here in Pennsylvania. We have Patrolman Derek Kotecki, Lower Burrell Police Department in 2011, was shot and killed while investigating reports of a wanted man at a local fast food restaurant. The man was wanted for a shooting 10 days earlier and for threatening police officers during the previous week. The suspect was hiding by laying in the back seat of his SUV. As Patrolman Kotecki and his canine, Odin, approached, the man suddenly sat up and opened fire from a distance of about 10 feet. 
Patrolman Kotecki was struck in the head, abdomen, and left arm. The man then fled but was confronted by another officer as he attempted to climb a fence behind the restaurant. He was killed during the exchange of gunfire with the responding officers. Canine Odin was uninjured but had to be muzzled after refusing to leave Patrolman Kotecki's side. He'd served with the Lower Burrell Police Department for 18 years, was survived by his wife and two children. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the Kotecki family out there in Lower Burrell area of Pennsylvania. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Giles from Archibald on Hamas. Giles. Hello, uh, Roz. Great, excellent points that you're bringing up. And uh, it just threw up a lot of red flags. I'm just thinking, Rob, I'm very, very concerned about with this border the last couple of years and Hamas Hamas uh, uh, planning this uh, with those borders down with uh, the former leader of of, uh, Hamas um, calling a jihad. I'm wondering if um, they have infiltrated this country with um, people to... um, act out as jihad over here with those borders down the way. We have millions of um, illegal aliens coming in through the borders the last uh, couple of years with this administration. Who knows who's in here now ready to act out a jihad on the order of the former um, leader. That, that's the big un- that's me. the big unknown, Giles. It's the big unknown. And and if if you have the members of Hamas in Russia giving giving interviews saying that they've been planning this for two years, have they also been planning sending people here for two years? Our border's been open for the past three years. It's 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 a free for all down there. I I know people who work at the border now, and it's just uh, uh, we don't have operational control of the border. And if you look at the numbers of the people we've actually stopped, and then you've considered the gotaways, yes, there's a very good chance that there are people here who want to do us harm. And now that this has jumped off, you know, are we at that point? Uh, is something going to happen? We don't know. That's why the nation's on alert. That's why the nation's largest police departments are on alert. That's why I say, you know, be prepared. Be, be aware of your surroundings. Have situational awareness wherever you go. Because it should be a concern. We've seen the free flow of individuals um, through our borders, both north and south. We've seen an increase of, of people on a terror watch list. We've seen an increase on uh, you know people who are on our no no fly lists come in so yes it's something we should be aware of at all times i don't know if it should get to the point of frightening us but i think it should get to the point of we should be aware of our surroundings and what's going on around us at all times thank you rob for making us uh i mean for bringing that into the light uh making us aware of this and uh it's all uh it's a terrible uh thing to have i knew there's some uh Terrible, possibly a bad, ter- very bad backlash with those borders being down like this. And I hope it's not so. But thank you for making us aware of this. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I hope as well it's not that it doesn't come to fruition. That's the last thing I want to see happen here in America. It's uh, 442 here on WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. Thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. It is jammed up 81 southbound between the Benton Scott exit and the Clark Summit exit. Coming northbound on 81 in the Scranton area, you're dipping below the speed limit and then going southbound at Avoca, you can expect to go below 35 miles an hour. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone. Mm, W-I-L-K traffic. Mm. You're, going, you're already at the beach, aren't you? In Delaware, you going? That's an yeah, old... That's, that's where uh, Crazy Joe lives. <laughs> Make sure to see if you see any boxes in his garage. Yeah, right? Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron this afternoon. Partly sunny, high, 
upper 60s. Tonight, partly cloudy and cold, low 43. Friday, a mix of sun and clouds, high 62. Saturday, cloudy and cooler with rain showers, high 50. Sunday, a.m. rain tapering off in the afternoon, high 55. Uh, if you were out last night, I forget about time. Time It had to be about 9.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30. I saw the Starlink satellites go by in their chain of pearls over the house. It was a nice, clear night. There was a lot of them. There was probably about 30 of those lights uh, just behind each other. Uh, so if you were out last night and you saw the Starlink go over uh, northeast Pennsylvania, it's uh, 443 here, 66 degrees and partly sunny at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 447 here at the station, 66 degrees and partly sunny. Well, it says uh, on the TV, markets facing uncertainty as Israel-Hamas war rages. No kidding. I would imagine so. They're also expecting gas prices to go up. I filled up today at the sheets near my house. It was still three eighty-nine a gallon, but we should expect it to, to go up. I saw this story on on the conflict, the war, shouldn't say conflict, um, in Israel against Hamas based on their terrorist attacks on them and the innocent people of Israel. And uh, this one part of it, I'm trying to find the, the story now. Where there was... Uh, a father. Here you go. I found it. Irish father says daughter's death in Gaza was the best possible possibility I was hoping for. Now, it really dumbfounded me when, when I read that article. And then as I went through it and tried to put myself in his position, it just kind of troubled me more and more that a father or anyone parent would be forced into this position an irish father living in israel revealed the agonizing joy he had when he learned his eight-year-old daughter was killed by hamas terrorists while she attended a sleepover in the barrier kibbutz again the kibbutz is one of the the community farms that are on the border between gaza and israel now i i read that and i was like how you know how could you ever agonizing joy over your daughter being killed. But I continued to read the story, and it says, the, they just said we found Emily, she's dead, and I went, yes, Thomas Hand told CNN on Wednesday. I went, yes, and smiled because that is the best news of the possibilities that I know, the best possibility that I was hoping for. Hand added that his daughter's death was better than any other situation that could have happened at the hands of Hamas. She was either dead or in Gaza. And if you know anything about what they do to people in Gaza, that is worse than death. What is worse than death? The grieving father said, the way they treat you. That you have no food, no water. She'd be in a dark room with Christ knows who doing what to her. How many people and terrified every minute, hour, day, second, for possibly years to come, he cried. So death was a blessing, an absolute blessing. And as a parent of three children, to put yourself in that situation to where you would hope your daughter was murdered quickly 
rather than taken by Hamas, what they must live through there, what they must experience, what they must know. And we've seen it. We've seen pictures of it. We've seen the depravity. We've seen the cruelty. We've seen the unhuman-like conduct of these monsters to kill. I mean, I, I don't care how much you hate your enemy to kill a baby, to kill a child, simply because they are in the land of your enemy. Purposely pointing at them. Targeting them. But, you know, I, I was angry at this father's emotion, and I understand he's traumatized. He's speaking to the press, and quite honestly, the press shouldn't be interviewing this father right now. But and I was angry at his expression. Why, why wouldn't you have any hope your daughter survives? Why wouldn't you have any hope that she lived through this, that there, somehow you'd have her back? But he lives there. We don't. He knows the stories of what they do, what they have done. We're just seeing it now. A lot of people in America don't want to accept what they're doing or want to place blame or excuse what they're doing because it's in relation to this. And I said there's zero proportional response to what they've done. There is no this or that here. But for a father to come to the realization that he'd rather a quick death for his child rather than the alternative, put yourself in that situation. Put your, your children there. And thank God we live here right now. It's just incredible when you... When you Take your initial response out of this and say, "How? Oh my God! How 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 gruesome is it? Is there? How gruesome are these animals? That that's the alternative. A quick death is the best case scenario. And uh, it's just tragic. It's just tragic. And again, when I say animals, when I say these monsters, I do not mean the families, the people in in the Palestine area. I mean the Hamas government." I mean the terrorists that hide amongst them, that use them as human shields and everything. I've explained it time and time again. And I know there's people on the left that like to uh, you know, conflate that, want to say, oh, you're calling these people not monsters. We've seen our own Congress people do that on social media the past three days. But if this is not monstrous behavior, if this is not animalistic behavior, I don't know what is. Targeting infants, child, children, women, people fleeing you in their cars. And then when you're done shooting them and killing them, you set them on fire. Desecrate their bodies. Something we can't wrap our heads around here, and hopefully we never have to. But again, 27 Americans are dead and 14 are missing. God knows what those 14 are going through. It's 4.53 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 456, 65 degrees and partly sunny. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. You can do that. You don't have to cowardly anonymous text. Get involved with the conversation. Put your name and your feelings and your stance behind what you want to say. No problem with that. I got I'm easy for that. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Wayne from Einan on Weapons Hamas Has. Wayne, how are you? Very good, Robert. I hope you, you, hope you had a nice weekend. 
I, <laughs> I, I do as week, well. I can see that. <laughs> yes. But anyway, here's my comment. These people, these uh, Hamas, okay, uh, rebels, or what do you want to call them? Terrorists. Are found, are, you know, terrorists are found with American weapons, M16s. Okay, do you think maybe, possibly, they got them from Afghanistan and the Taliban? Say again? The weapons that they're being found with. Well, okay? some, some of, the, some of the, the initial attack, they did have M4s, which are U.S.-made weapons, and right. it, it is believed at this time. Now, th- there were a lot of rumors out saying they were bought from Ukraine, which there's no evidence of that that I've no, seen. No, no, um, But there is a very good chance that they were the weapon stockpiles that were left back in Afghanistan that, did, yeah, w- that were sold so. through there. So, th- yes, that's... Right. that's um, that's that's what the the intel is is telling us at this time that a lot of the weapons yes, came I from can, there, but a lot I of the can, rockets can, were made from their their water pipes they've yeah. used over the past two years yeah, their I've infrastructure. Yeah, I've heard that. But these, if if you can get American weapons from Afghanistan or wherever they got them from, to them there, you can get them in this country too. Okay, you can get them through the cartels. You can get them through. You could. I know people. In Hazleton, they can get you anything. You just pay the money, they'll get you anything, and they're from the cartel. Well, I know some members of the FBI in Scranton and the state police that would love to know those people. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. They do. They they tell you they can get anything. So that's what I'm just saying, maybe, you know, through the cartel. That's all they're saying, okay? It's fine. Uh, That's just what they say. But I'm just saying, if they can get them there, you have a small army in this country too. You see, there's cats in every different city. You know, you got to. I don't know where our brains are anymore, Rob. I really don't. I I agree there. I agree there, Wayne. I have no idea what our, our government is thinking, where we're going in this situation here. You well, know, it's I, bad. I think we're going to see over the next uh, days and weeks. So hopefully, it doesn't uh, doesn't yeah, end up here in our backyards, Wayne. Well, I believe it will somewhere down the line. I'm not. I, I like to be an optimist, but I believe somewhere down the line, you're going, we're going to have situations flare up in different cities at the same time, just like they had over there in Israel. I hope I you're wrong, Wayne. I truly I hope you're wrong. But thanks for calling in your your opinion on it and your viewpoints. It's very valid. 